Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, from Wichita's most listened to sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH, this is Sports Daily with Jacob Albrock and Tommy Kester. And welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Sports Daily. It's Albrock and Kester here on this Wednesday edition. Glad to be here with you. Jad Chambers in, producing things for us, keeping an eye on that KFH hotline for you at 869-1240. Uh, that's the hotline to call into the show. That's the hotline where we bring you guests. That's the hotline where we give things away. We'll give away a little HTO later in the program. Kevin Saul's weekly uh, Wednesday visit has been pushed to Friday, a little scheduling snafu. Uh, so Kevin will join us on Friday, which will actually be cool because it'll come right after a game. It'll be the morning after the Shockers play a road game. We think they are supposed to win. So we'll get into that later in the week. Uh, we have Shreyas Lada moved to today, though, to fill that spot. We didn't get to Shreyas Monday with the Super Bowl talk, so we'll talk a little KU hoops. Uh, that is coming up at the top of the next hour for you. We've got a new uh, idea of what the Royals could be doing in downtown Kansas City. A lot of moving parts here, but we now know what they want to do. We've seen it. We'll get into that a little bit. Tommy, good morning. How are you? I'm good. Happy Valentine's Day to you. Did you get? Oh, yeah. uh, did you get the wife something for Valentine's Day? Oh. God no, no. Uh, we we we're uh, we're Valentine Scrooges, okay. uh, I guess you could say. Uh, it's Valentine's Day in our house for our mm. kids. Like she got them something, and we you know we played up for them. And no, we haven't we haven't been Valentine's people in. I mean, maybe since we very first started dating, when it feels mm. forced, you know, like we just don't really like some of the holiday like. Valentine's Day, meh. New Year's, meh. Uh, I, I don't know some of the other ones. We just we haven't ever really gotten into it. Now we do more with our kids now. Like sure. we didn't, we've never really been big into Halloween either until we have kids. Now we love it, right? But it's all it's all become kids based. So no, we didn't. And it's not like I didn't forget or anything. The other funny thing about Valentine's Day is so you know I I grew up out on a ranch. We ran cattle, but my mom and grandpa on the other side of the family has a family-owned flower shop forever, 60 years now. So Valentine's Day, my entire life has consisted around like one of the most miserable work weeks that exists for them. It's brutal. It's terrible. And I've always been in there helping them growing up. So it's never, it's just never been a big thing. You said that totally forgot. Happy Valentine's yeah. Day, everybody. Yeah. I, uh, I always prided myself on as long as I've been with my wife, I think we've been together for 10 years. I think this is our 10th Valentine's. I always really tried to put effort into it and thought into it and get flowers delivered and all of that for the first time ever this year. And I think it's because I've got a toddler and I've got a baby. I didn't get anything taken care of until yesterday. Usually I've got it planned, you know, a couple of weeks ahead of time. 
I went to Dylan's yesterday. You know, I, I exchanged, you know, some really pathetic looks with the other guys in the aisles that were looking at cards and flowers the day before Valentine's Day. Um, you know, and, and it is what it is. I mean, that's life. And I told my wife, I was like, look, life is busy. We've got kids now. I've got a busy job. You know, I, I put effort into it. It is what it is. And, and happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I also just realized because I got the alert from uh, from HTO's text that it's buy one, get one free. Oh, Happy Valentine's yeah. Day, everybody. It's buy one, get one free today. Uh, yeah, no, it's that. No, it getting a present has not been on my mind. I'm really glad my wife got my kids something. <laughs> they woke up in their heart dresses and headbands, and I'm like, oh, it's Valentine's Day, and she's doing all the class parties and everything. Um, so there you go. But, hey, celebrate. Buy flowers, too, by the way. Buy flowers for your loved one on Valentine's Day. That's all I'll, that's all I'll contribute. Support your local florist. Don't buy them from the grocery store. Go support your local florist. Um, all right. Tommy, we get the Royals uh, yesterday. Let's start there. So we get these pictures. We have been, I think, rightfully and respectfully critical of some of the things that have gone on here. But, I mean, look, they have backed it up this offseason. They have committed to the product on the field. All the things that we have asked them to do to try to push something like this through, they have done. Yesterday, we got into some of the price tag. The price tag seems crazy to me. Now, after seeing the pictures, if that $2 billion price tag is more about the entire project, because it's pretty intricate, like land acquisition, building a bridge over a highway, like all of that stuff, then okay, that makes a little bit more sense. If it's just for the stadium, that's ridiculous. But if it's for everything that is involved in what they presented yesterday, then it makes a little more sense. And I got to tell you, I mean, it looks amazing. It is a fantastic idea. It does button up and amplify uh, your downtown, which is always important. So I, I'm on board with the plan. Like I, I'm also not a taxpayer up there. But the, just as far as the way it looks and everything – it will be good for the baseball franchise to do what they're proposing. I don't think there's any question about that. To capitalize on, you know, the momentum. Kansas City is a booming city right now. Thank you, Patrick Mahomes. But, like, right now is the time as a city for Kansas City to capitalize. And as long as it's going to be in the spotlight, and it is right now, that that all it all makes sense to me if they make it make, you know, civic sense. But it looks great. I mean, it looks incredible. I love the way it looks. Is there a better city, like a city that is having more success in the world of overall sports right now than Kansas City? I'm not sure that there is. You've obviously got the Super Bowl wins for the Chiefs. You've got a new proposed Royal Stadium downtown. Bobby Witt Jr. signing a long-term contract. Oh, and by the way, the World Cup is coming to Kansas City in 2026. You've got all of these different things that are moving right now in that metro. And so it definitely looks like the arrow is pointed upwards for Kansas City. And really, you know, the biggest thing, I know there are a lot of things standing in the way of this stadium getting done for the Royals. The biggest thing is going to be, will the taxpayers want to add on a sales tax, an additional sales tax? That's going to be, I think, the biggest question mark so in all of this. So is there an additional, or is it just maintaining the same? I think it's just maintaining it, the same or one. at least extending yeah. it out for, you know, basically you forever. extend what point. already exists. Yeah. yeah, so I'm fairly certain it's just an extension of the already existing sales tax. I think the Chiefs and the Royals, from what I can tell, have committed a lot to some improvements on their end. 
You know, I, I, look, these things get contentious, but they have to get contentious because you can't just let you can't just be bullied. Right. Not everybody's a baseball fan, but everybody's going to pay for that baseball stadium yeah. in that county. And so, you know, you have to you have to push back a little bit. And it sounds like most people are happy with the appropriate concessions from the teams. And you're right. Like World Cup, you had the NFL draft. You've got the Chiefs doing what they're doing. It's just, I, you, you know, some of the stuff that gets presented in these never live up to expectations. We've experienced that here in Wichita, too. For me, that comes with the territory. I guess I'm such a skeptic of it because it almost never works out that it's like, yeah, that you're, you're not going to like the the economic impact of X, Y, Z from some, you know, trade organization. I'm like, OK, show me how exactly that works. Like what how how are how are where is that actual dollars here? It's great that you say it's going to generate all this money, but I, I kind of need to see it a little bit like I'm a skeptic, especially now that I've come into the business world. Right. I'm skeptical of everything. And so. What you know, a hotel down there, I I I you know, I defer to Kansas City to know if one is needed down there. I don't know. I, I try to also think of examples of places where I feel like this has worked. I think what, um, you know, it, it sounds like what L.A. did with SoFi Stadium has been very very successful. They built that themselves, though. It sounds like Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. I mean, okay, Vegas might be the best example. Vegas had the infrastructure and the placement for it. Does Do you think having an NFL franchise and Allegiant Stadium there on the Strip has amplified the footprint of Las Vegas? Sure. And, and having a hockey arena? Yeah. I think there's no question it has, yep. right? No, absolutely no question. I think another example that we could use locally, do you think Interest Bank Arena has amplified Wichita as a city? I would say there yes, it has. No question. It's one of the, when I moved here, I was like, what concerts come through here? Are you kidding me? And then look at the extension then into Old Town and everywhere else. And businesses, Cargill's moved downtown. Like, absolutely. You know, we're hoping that the baseball stadium does the same thing. And that had run into some problems, This, which is why you have to be so skeptical. And the problems that it's run into are mismanagement problems, not, you know, not problems with the idea so much. But you have to go into these things skeptically, if that's a word, because you can't let people take advantage of the taxpayers. You know, are, are, do they ever meet these expectations in dollars and cents? I don't know because I think those are intangible things that can never be proven. So I try to look at this stuff bigger picture. Like, okay, if you commit these dollars, you know that it, A, takes dollars from something else. That's hard to swallow, right? Although if there's a sales tax extension— those are new dollars that are very specifically laid out, right? And and that does make it easier for me to stomach to say this is a separate thing from the general tax base, right? It's not taking dollars away from anything else. If that sales tax wasn't there, those dollars wouldn't exist. Okay, like I'm, I can I can stomach that a little bit. Um, does it make my city better for everybody? 
Well, yeah, I mean, it does if if it draws business in, if it draws conventions in, if it adds hotel dollars, if it brings money into the economy and then people, you know, bring something to downtown Kansas City that it then extends out to restaurants and the people that work at those restaurants and then the waiters that work at those restaurants might get more tips. And like I, those snowball things are easy to follow, right? Like I get that part too. Okay, that's good. Would this amplify Kansas City? From what I can see, yes, it would, right? Like, you know, if the dollars and cents line up, I don't know. But, yeah, it would make Kansas City a cooler place. I don't think there's any question about that. Outdoor concerts, like all the things you could do there would be awesome. Because, remember, they don't have a football field down there. So, like, outdoor concerts, boom. Now you have, a you know, this massive facility where you could bring in and do all these things, too. Arrowhead's not necessarily, like, a concert at Arrowhead's not really helping downtown Kansas City, you know? So, I, I do get all that. I think if they make it work dollars and cents wise, it's it's good. Andrew points out that these always become money pits for the taxpayers. Yep. A lot of stuff in government becomes money pits for taxpayers. So it's like, which money pit do you want to you know throw your money down, I guess? And unfortunately, that's the reality we live in, right? Not a political show, but I think we can all be honest with ourselves. There are a lot of you know, money pits when it comes to what our tax dollars are used for. So you just sort of as a voter have to prioritize. Well, what matters to me the most? And we'll see what the voters say. I suspect that they'll vote it in. I suspect that if you tell them nothing changes, we're not asking for any more money, like we're just, nothing changes, then, you know, it goes. Sales tax things usually to me, by the way, also are far easier to swallow than income tax things. I'd much rather pay a sales tax than an income tax. So that also makes it more attractive to me when it's sales tax based because then who it benefits directly foots the bill, right? Like if you're shopping in that area, if you're doing whatever, that specific thing foots the bill. I, I get it and I got no problem with that. I'd much rather it be at that than them say we're going to take it out of it like a mill levy and take it out of your property tax or whatever as ours are going up 15%. Get off my rocking chair for a second. There, but God, <laughs> sales tax things, I do think, generally speaking, are better ways to do yeah, it. Yeah, I think that the other thing to keep in mind with all of this is that you've already got an established entertainment district that is adjacent to this crossroads district across the highway with power and light and all of that, T-Mobile Center, everything right there across the highway that's already in place. You know, I was trying to compare and contrast it to the Riverfront Stadium development here in Wichita. And of course, as we all know, there's not a whole lot around that stadium, but there have been plans to develop it. I mean, ever since Riverfront, you know, was even proposed to be something that could happen to replace Lawrence Dumont. And we're still having that conversation here in this city about what's going to happen around the ballpark. And, you know, that ballpark is beautiful, but there's, you know, really nothing around it outside of what's immediately to the north in Delano. So, you know, that the difference between what's happening here in Wichita and what they're proposing in Kansas City it is significant because you do have, you know, already that that established entertainment district right across the highway and power and light. The one thing, and you and I were talking about this yesterday, uh, the 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 reporting that these buildings in the Crossroad District have not yet been acquired. The land has not yet been acquired and the negotiations. I don't even know if they've started or maybe they're in the preliminary talks with these building owners and landowners in the Crossroads District. You and I were talking about it off air. 
if I'm one of those landowners or building owners in the Crossroads District, I'm going to gouge the Royals for every penny I can get from them. I don't know who right? owns that stuff. You know, I don't know who owns it. I don't know how much civic pressure that would be. I don't know if eminent donate domain can come in because of the highway, or because of the bridge and like some civic things that would happen with it. I think you got those people will have to be careful. Yeah. Uh, because at any point somebody could come in and say, ah, you're out, you know, if it has something to do with 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 the city's, you know, infrastructure. But, I, you know, I, I think that that will get sorted out. I hope that when I hear the price tag, all of that, it like that, that needs to be total price tag. Right. Because like we said yesterday, what Kansas City does not need is a two billion dollar stadium. It's not necessary. Yankee State. There's never been a baseball stadium that expensive. Kansas City is not the type of city that needs to have the the most expensive baseball stadium. That doesn't make any sense at all. Atlanta did one for almost a quarter of that, right? Like, let's be real here. So, again, if that's the entire project's price tag, okay, fine. If it's just the stadium, that's absolutely asinine and ridiculous and unnecessary, and I would be furious. But I'll bet you it's not. I'll bet you it's the entire project. Um, isn't it nice, too? To be Tommy, like the the uncle or the older cousin of this here in Wichita, and be able to go enjoy that without having to pay for any of it. It's like you pick up yeah. kids, you give them a bunch of sugar, and then you drop them back <laughs> off to their parents. Yeah, like we get to go to Kansas City, we'll hang out, we'll do our thing, and then it's like, all right, you guys pay for it. Thanks for all the fun. We'll see you next time. <laughs> yeah, Peace. Keep, keep paying uh, for it for the next forty years, and we'll just come up and enjoy yeah. it when we can. We'll just come up and enjoy it when we want. We'll pay your sales tax. We appreciate it. Thanks for all the fun. Uh, and we're going to go back home where there's no traffic. Yeah, no, it's uh, we, we appreciate that up there in Kansas City, everybody. Thanks. Your thoughts on it? Um, we've got uh, some people chiming in. We showed you Andrew's uh, comments there. Uh, two now, Mike and Ken, have mentioned haunted houses. Uh, that's interesting. I don't know. And here's my problem with all this. I don't know anything about Kansas City other than like Kauffman Stadium and, and Arrowhead where I've spent most of my time up there and a couple of times going down to the Sprint Center, which has been like hotel to arena and back. I don't know anything about any of this. So I don't know if there's haunted houses in the Crossroads District. Uh, I guess haunted houses with a baseball stadium could be a good thing. It's not like the Roy- like what, what are they going to haunt with the Royals? Right. You've had like a stretch of good baseball ever. Like yeah. you're going to you're going to all of a sudden cause them to lose 100 games. Uh, the the ghost of bad baseball over you know basically yeah. thirty years without maybe it'll be know. maybe they'll be happy ghost maybe they'll go. be good ghost yeah. uh, we are optimistic about the Royals I'll tell you like in all candidness I am so fired up to have the what I think the Royals be way more competitive because one we're the home of the Royals which matters right and two. It makes summer radio way more fun when you can talk about a baseball game. And when the Royals are good, it's it, it is what you like. It's it's like you watch the game last night. You wake up. You want to talk about the game a little bit, right? Like I I cannot wait for that. I lo- I love the thought of that, and I hope it's awesome next year, like we think it will be. Uh, but they have their plan. Boy, it looks good. It looks so cool. I'm I'm hoping that everything can get sorted out politically. Uh, and all the right things happen to make that responsibly done there because it will be cool. Then you move on to Arrowhead and what happens there. Topic for another day, I suppose, but they are tied together, uh, so we'll see. All right, everybody, that's uh, that's the Royals. So we'll take some calls on that, 869-1240. We've got KU Basketball Talk coming again at the top of the next hour. 
Um, Want to mention that KFH and Taco Bell have your chance to win a trip for two to the College Hoops Championship Tournament in Kansas City, speaking of. That's March 13th through the 16th to cheer on uh, our Kansas schools there. This trip includes two all-session tournament passes and three-night hotel accommodations. To enter, simply text T as in Tom, B, big, TB, big, to this number, 20357. That's TB Big to 20357. You want a complimentary breakfast burrito? Just go to kfhradio.com, click on the events page, download the voucher, and then head to any Wichita and surrounding Taco Bell locations that excludes Hutchinson. Uh, your chance to see the College Hoops Championship Tournament and snag a complimentary breakfast burrito from Taco Bell happens right here on KFH. We'll be back with more right after this. Phone call is welcome. 869-1240. Sports Daily on 97.5 and 1240. KFH. Wichita's number one sports radio. The commercials are over. Yo, I haven't got all day. 869-1240. Time to get busy. This is Sports Daily on KFH. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. The Super Bowl is in the books. The parade is uh, a parade's today at 11 o'clock. Yeah. So if you're on your way up to Kansas City right now, we appreciate you tuning in. Are you a parade guy, Tommy? Like, uh, not not necessarily. I don't mind being in parades. I've been in them before. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you can just sit there and wave and maybe throw candy, and yeah. that's fine. Um, I've never really been like go to a parade and and sit and watch the parade. I, I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah, I don't like watching them really on TV either. Yeah. Um, but like for like the Thanksgiving parade or whatever, um, I enjoy time when I get to go and be a part of them because you get to say hi to a lot of people. It's kind mm-hmm. of fun. Um, I don't mind local parades going and having fun with it. Again, like everything, we're so lame because my kids get into it, and yeah. that makes it fun, yeah. right? So we went. I, I uh, like that, but it. We went down to Delano last year for the St. Patrick's Day parade, uh, oh, which yeah. which was really cool, and, and you know they did a really good job in all of that. But the weather was not very good. It was kind of chilly and, and rainy, and our our son was really into it, and my wife is really into it, and you know I had to put on a happy face. For the kid and all of that, I was miserable, and I did not dress appropriately, and I was cold, and I was wet, and I was ready to go home. Um, you know, so I'm I'm really not a big parade guy. Uh, did to tell me that you saw? I think I sent this to you last night. The video of Jason Kelsey partying in his luchador mask the yep. night before, and an instant hard cut to him the next morning at yep. Disneyland holding his kids. Fantastic. Yep. That's that's ve- that hit home uh, pretty pretty hard. Do you see the picture of him I, uh, uh, leaving Vegas? I think he was in the Vegas airport and was walking through the terminal by the slot machines they've got in the airport. And he's wearing a wrinkled T-shirt and flip-flops and, ju- I mean, looks like – look. he looks like everybody, whoever leaves Vegas. He you know? is all of us. Yeah. That's what has made this so fun for him. I read that he had interviews with, like, every television network while he was in Vegas – He's going to be a star. He is. He is all of us. I mean, he really is like he is. He's living our lives. He just happens to be a millionaire football player. But that's how we all are. Right. No matter how many times, no matter. You'll never learn your lesson. 
you go hard that that one night and then you regret it immediately the next morning. I mean, and you just like look at he yep. lives it. He feels it. And, you know, as a fellow luchador mask owner and wearer, I really appreciate it. I have one of those. Um, so, you know. Uh, he he's he's hitting home runs here, but as far as the Super Bowl parade goes, those are things. And we've got coverage on KWCH, and we'll be up there, and we've got our reporters there. Like again, it's like how do you go to the bathroom or like the ball drop in New Year's? I'm like God, that just seems like a lot. It seems like a lot to figure it all out, but half a million people are gonna do it, and it's wild and crazy, and it'll be you know, just as big as it ever is, even now times three. I wonder, like, when you ask Patriot, like, I don't think this ever gets old. I, You know, I don't I don't think it ever gets taken for granted by these cities that have this level of success. We point this out all the time. Tom Brady's greatness. It took 10 years to get from three to four for Brady. You know, like, it took a long time. It's just, we never... When we talk about Brady, remember how young he was when they got their first three because there was a 10-year gap there before he got number four, which is wild to think about. And so all of this brings me to you can't ever take this for granted. We talked a lot with Dan Israel about that yesterday. Like the razor, razor thin margins that the Chiefs have won all three of their Super Bowls by, and they got crushed in the other one. This could very easily be a Buffalo Bills situation. I mean, it really could be, yeah. but it's not. It's a. It's the other side of that, right? It, it is, and I think that because they've been able to capitalize on it, and just you know, knowing what they've built and all of it, I don't think it does ever get old. And in fact, I would even say, at least for me personally, as a longtime Chiefs fan, you know, I would say that this championship probably means the most out of all three in the last five years. And I don't know. I've gone back and forth on that. Uh, I've gone back and forth on whether it was the very first one because everybody had waited so long and I think everybody you know, thought it maybe never would happen for the franchise. That one meant a ton. Uh, and I remember being you know, pretty emotional about it and, and just you know, thinking about my lifelong Chiefs fandom and growing up a fan and all the players that came before but there was something about this one that I, I, I don't know. It, it at least matched the very first one. The one last year against the Eagles, that was great. Um, but I don't know. I didn't feel quite the emotion that I felt with the first one and the one because, on Sunday. Because of the emotion you felt the other way all season long. Yeah, I think that's probably right? part like, of it. Yeah, that's got to be a big part of it. The emotional roller coaster piece of it. I, I don't, you know, and I, you weren't alone among Chiefs fans. I just don't think it would be equivalent to if this year KU was able to win a national championship. It just doesn't feel right now like that's even remotely possible. And while I don't feel the same way about KU that I did the Chiefs throughout the season, there are comparable aspects to that, right? Your Bill Self is your Patrick Mahomes. Um, you, you know, you can probably count on a good defense when it matters in the postseason. And can you get up? You know, it's not direct, but but it is interesting to think of it that way, right? Like, it feels so unlikely at this point, which is probably rock bottom at the moment for KU, just like there were points where it was rock bottom clearly for the Chiefs, to sit there and say, there's no way. I thought there was a way, obviously, with the Chiefs. I'm not sure I feel that way about KU, but, but it's that's why. Like, if KU were to win it this year, that emotional ride through the postseason 
would be as good as any for KU fans, I would suspect, because it just feels so unlikely at this moment. And I think at moments for the Chiefs throughout the season, it has felt so unlikely that they would be able to do that. And it, I, it probably... I don't even know if I want to say it's the most unlikely, right, of, of their Super Bowls, because I don't think that I believe that. If we really looked at it, Hell, last year was probably more unlikely, right? They had already lost Tyreek Hill. They had to reinvent themselves. The defense was not nearly as good last year as it was this year. And Travis Kelsey was, you know, far more into his prime than he was this year. I, so I, I don't know, maybe not. But, you know, the first one was probably the most likely. But it took a miracle in that game to win that game. I, I think they're all unlikely just because it's so hard to win a Super Bowl. Boy, this defense, I, I don't, I we just, are, because of Mahomes, we're never going to appropriately appreciate this defense. It'll never be this good again, I don't think. And it was the reason they won a Super Bowl. I mean, it was. It was a reason they won the games that got them to the Super Bowl. It was the reason they won the dang Super Bowl. There is, you know, if the defense doesn't do what it did every time the offense sputtered in that Super Bowl, that game could have easily gotten away from them. You're talking about an offense that only scored one touchdown and it came because of a muffed punt. Yet you're still able to beat the number one offense in football? I mean, that de- that Super Bowl was won because of the defense. Now, Mahomes had his two Herculean efforts in those final two drives, certainly. Not trying to downplay that. But if you ask me why the Chiefs won a Super Bowl against San Francisco a few days ago... It's because of the defense and the special teams. I mean, those are the reasons they won the Super Bowl. Mahomes is the MVP. Offense is going to be anything everybody remembers five years from now, 10 years from now. But let's take a moment a few days later and point out that it is the defense that is the reason Kansas City won a Super Bowl this year. Yeah, it is. And just what, how locked down they were. Um, I think that we were all waiting, at least I was, waiting for the other shoe to drop where, you know, it seemed like every game in the regular season, especially um, early on, it was just that this constant reminder that the offense wasn't able to get it done and that the defense would consistently be put in bad situations that they would have to overcome. And I, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. I kept waiting for, you know, okay, they're a good defense. I remember saying at the beginning of the year, yeah, they're probably going to be a good defense, a pretty good defense, but I'm not sure that they're going to be great. And I kept waiting for that to kind of come back to Because not a lot changed, yeah. right? It's not yep. like they it's not they drafted Felix and Yudike Uzama. Yep. I kept, it's not like they had a rookie right. on that defense. I kept waiting for it to come back to earth. And this thought of, okay, eventually the defense is not going to be able to bail out the offense. Eventually, this is going to fall apart, and we're going to have to have major, major discussions about what this team looks like in the future. And of course it wasn't perfect. You know, it never is, but more often than not, by and large, the defense did bail the offense out. Oh, and it, absolutely. And, and especially when it mattered the most, they were able to do that. What's so interesting about what you just said, I don't think we've talked about ever. And it absolutely is something that happened for this team. So at rock bottom and during that stretch, you mentioned that you know the defense kept having to bail out the offense. A biggest prop, the biggest problem for the Chiefs, 
is that the offense kept screwing the defense, yep. right? And kept putting them in bad positions. When we saw the Chiefs hit their stride, that formula we talked about, right? The the things, run the ball, take care of the ball, do these things, kick field goals. That That has as much to do with not screwing the defense as it does anything else. Now you're putting your defense in a position to succeed and not fail, right? And that that was the thing I think that clicked for Kansas City is you saw the offense stop putting the defense in in undesirable positions, and and all of a sudden that was enough to win games, right? It is enough. If the other team can't score, they can't beat you, right? I tell my my third grade girls basketball team that all the time as we struggle on offense, like. If the other, t- yeah, I, I get it, girls. We're not getting as many bats. But if they don't score, they can't win, right? That that works the exact same as offense. It, it it works both directions. And I do think the offense really letting the defense do its thing was one of the great coaching things that happened for the Chiefs this year. And that's Andy Reid doing that. Historically, that's re- pretty remarkable because I don't think he's ever done that before where he said, you know what? We're just going to throw everything we've ever done out the window, and we're going to play this way now. And they probably won't be able to do that next year either. I think next year's may be tougher to win than this past year's was. We'll have to see. I, I that I think that possibility. I know the general consensus is that oh, that was the year, and next year it's going to be they'll be even better. I'm not sure I truly believe that because I think some of the holes they've got to fill are massive ones, and they may fill them, but you know. That's that's very much up in the air at this point. Let's go to the KFH line hotline there. We've got Bob wants to weigh in on the Chiefs. Bob, welcome into Sports Daily. What's on your mind? Good morning. Happy Valentine's Day, gentlemen. Does Chris you Jones too. still have the same agent, Jones Brothers? I, I think, think he does. So. I don't think he's although they did like agents. a although they did a historically bad job the last time. Uh, I, I I think he does. I think he actually has a pretty close relationship with them. If I if I read between the lines well, it's a good question. Um, his it's all going to be has his attitude about it changed. Look, I don't know. I if I I honestly don't even have a guess for you, Bob, at what Chris Jones is going to do this off season. Last off season, we started to get hints that it was going to go sideways way way early. You you'll remember here we talked oh, yeah. about it. Like, why is he holding out of OTAs? That doesn't make a lot of sense unless this is bad. And, and of course, it did get bad, and it got a little bit messy. But as you saw at the Super Bowl, water under the bridge. So, like, I, I don't know. I, I Honestly, I can't even guess. If he would take a team-friendly deal, if he wants to get the deal he couldn't get last year that he's absolutely just in flat position, now he can just get any deal he wants. I, I don't know the answer to that. I do suspect that it ain't going to come from the Chiefs. The Chiefs aren't going to give him that deal. They won't. So that will be the question. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, Bob. Thank you for the call to the KFH hotline, which, by the way, is always available to you, 869-1240. Yeah, it's not – the Chiefs – if the Chiefs weren't going to give Chris Jones that deal last year, they're not giving him that deal this year. He was was not as good last year, and he was awesome in the Super Bowl. Don't get me wrong. But over the season, which is which is kind of hard to believe, Tommy, because the defense was so good. I I don't think I think that was one of his, definitely not one of his best seasons. Uh, you know, I think that's a big reason they struggled against the run to some degree. But we'll see. I hope he comes back. He's one of my favorite players. He really is. Like I really hope he comes back. It's going to be hard to not imagine him in a Chiefs uniform, but it's out of the Chiefs' control to some degree. 
Yeah, he was really good in the fourth quarter of games this year. Oh, man. Early yeah, in yeah, games, yeah, he was not. And that, that was kind of where the issue lied with him. Yeah, but, I mean, he was able to turn it up, at, you know, at the end of the game. Uh, I think that his value, honestly, has dropped some this offseason. Sure. Of course uh, it has. It absolutely I think it's going to depend upon what his priority is moving forward. Does he want to try to make more money? And I don't know exactly if he's going to be able to get a whole lot more on the open market, or is he going to want to come back and – you know, do do what he does for Kansas City. I think he will be able to get more somewhere else than he will ultimately get if he stays in Kansas City. If he stays in Kansas City, it'll be because he made the decision to do what Travis Kelsey has done, basically. And just, he loves it too much, and who cares at this point? Uh, 869-1240 is that KFA Chotline. Trius Lotta coming up at the top of the hour. We'll have more Sports Daily right after this. and 1240 KFH. As we get closer to March and continue to talk more college basketball, Jayhawks, Wildcats, Shockers, fans can find exactly the content they want on the free Odyssey app. Download the app, search for KFH, choose your favorite show. Uh, For example, Sports Daily. Just browse episodes for any of the content you want. You can find that right there on the Odyssey app. Coming up on the network today, we've got Butler Basketball at Dodge City on KFH or on the Odyssey app. That's at 715. Bob and Jeff here locally from 2 to 4. You can always find all our great programming right there on the Odyssey app. Just search for what you need. On this show, Jad always puts that out. It's like a podcast for you. It's a really cool way uh, to take in this show uh, for us, we're beginning to get some of the th- uh, the, the images of people waiting uh, for for the parade. I just retweeted one, Jad. It's it's a guy with a he he calls it his champ stamp, and it's Patrick <laughs> Mahomes uh, right above his tailbone. If yeah. you know what that's a play on, I don't yeah. know if I'm allowed to say that on on here, so I, I'll keep it to champ stamp. Might as uh, well, which is the best thing. Best thing I've seen so far from the parade. I'm, I'm, I mean, that is just that's next level. That is next level stuff right there. You parade guy, Jet. How do you how do you feel about all these these parade type things? I'm not someone who would watch something like that on television. Probably, uh, I don't know. It's interesting. It's, it's kind of like I catch a lot of sports just because of the hours I have to work. I catch a lot of sports on replay, and so. Even events like this, I would almost rather watch like a newscast about it or, you know, some highlights from it if uh, if there are. Yeah. And there are going to be highlights from this, I, I oh, guarantee. Yeah. <laughs> last year, last year was the epic year of uh, just how how hammered some of the players were, which was like yep. if you remember back to Tom Brady's, that was good, too. Yeah. Um, we're getting some of the new heights. Okay, so I'm seeing new heights clips coming out here, Jad, which, by the way, that's another one you can find on the Odyssey app. So I'm seeing Kelsey, and I'm going to just – I'm seeing this for the first time. Uh, they're talking about the the bump between Kelsey and Coach Reed, and it looks like Jason's <laughs> – it looks like Jason's given him uh, uh, a little bit of grief for the way he handled that. Huh. And 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 Travis is is regretting it. Um, he it, it, look. He here's the thing with that situation because I don't know that we've talked about it yet. Maybe we have. Like those those two guys are. 
I, I use this term endearingly when I use it. I mean that genuinely. Like, they're just a bunch of meatheads, right? Andy Reid was an old meathead. Travis Kelsey, in a good way, right? That just, like, old-school, football, aggressive, like, slam your helmet together. Like, Andy Reid, a million times, has grabbed Travis Kelsey when he's trying to, like, fire him up or get in his face or redirect him. Like, that's how they communicate. This situation... Had a bunch of cameras on it, and and Andy Reid, I think Flat just didn't see him. So when he got bumped, he's old. He almost fell over. Yeah. Like it wasn't anything out of the ordinary for those two guys. Uh, but that new heights will be. I didn't realize they were going to do one uh, before the parade or anything like that. So that will be as good a one probably as we'll find. And that is also something uh, co- correct, Jad, that people can find just easily on the Odyssey app. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just. Uh... You know, go to the Odyssey app. Honestly, just type in the search, uh, search there on Odyssey for Chiefs, and it's one of the. I believe there's like oh, gotcha. two or three pages, but it's on the first page. It's right there. It's uh, it, <laughs> uh, it, I, it's that that clip. I'm reading this. The subtitles on it is going to be good. Yeah, uh, it, it'll be just right. I think I I have only listened to that one time. I don't remember. It was when I was driving to Dallas and. Like, what's so interesting is, like, production quality on stuff like that is not ever very good. For me and my brain and what I've done for a living, that's always difficult for me to swallow. But, you know, for the consumers, they don't care. Those conversations are interesting. And it was good. It was good. You know, it was good talk. That doesn't always work for me. Like, sometimes podcasts to me are just like an unorganized word vomit, right? Like, it's just... It, like four hours, of, but when they're done right, they're really good. And that one I do think is done right. And I think it's because they're just such an interesting story. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I, I really do think that's a good one and worth your time if you want to jump on the Odyssey app and check it out. Um. We've got coming up in the next hour, Shreyas Lada will stop by at the top of the hour uh, to chat some KU hoops. Uh, after that, we'll also give away some HTO. We have a lot coming for you in hour number two here on Sports Daily. Uh, Jad and I will be with you for most of it. Tommy will try to rejoin us. He had to step out for just a minute. Uh, but either way, we're going to have Shreya Salata at the top of the hour. we got to get to the bottom of this KU thing and figure out what in the world they can do to salvage it. We'll do that next on Sports Daily. and 1240 KFH. This is Sports Daily with Jacob Albrock and Tommy Kester. It's that time, Sports Daily, getting all the inside information on the Kansas Jayhawks. Let's go now to the KU football and basketball beat writer from the Kansas City Star, Shreyas Lada. All right, and welcome back in, everybody, to another hour of Sports Daily. We're happy to be joined by Shreya Slada, University of Kansas football and basketball beat writer for the Kansas City Star. Shreyas, uh, it's just drawn sort of comparisons to the point of the Chiefs season that felt kind of like rock bottom. But for me, I could see a light at the end of the tunnel. I know Chiefs fans maybe were a little chaotic. KU feels that way right now. But I'm not sure I see a light at the end of this tunnel. I'm not sure that what ails them is curable, especially if they're not 100% healthy, which they're not right now. I'm trying to find that thing that makes me think they can still get it done. And when I say get it done, I'm talking about winning a national championship, which is what we thought they might do before the season started. 
but it's it's getting harder to find that when you look at what what is wrong with this team specifically. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Chiefs have the second greatest quarterback of all time. I'm a Patriots fan, of course. So, you know, there's always a chance that you can go on a run and win a title. The KU has arguably the best coach, uh, I mean, not arguably, the best coach currently coaching uh, in the country. So that, you know, there's always a chance that Self can somehow figure out things with this team and they make a run. But, I mean, I think looking at the Chiefs objectively and looking at KU objectively, I think there's a much higher chance, you know, like you said, of the Chiefs figuring it out in the uh, the darkness than this KU team. Because, I mean, it's not just a health thing. I think it's, you know, they're just not, like, good at certain things that you need to be good at in modern-day college basketball. Like, they don't shoot the three ball well enough at a high enough rate where you can come out and win shootout games. They're not great at defending the three on the road, as we've seen, uh, or really defending the three, period, in conference play. They've struggled with that. And some of that is scheme. Some of that is bad luck. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's an issue. And, you know, they don't have a lot of consistency scoring-wise when a guy like Kevin McCuller is hurt. And, you know, the defense probably isn't as good as some of the Bill Self defenses of the past. So there's a lot of issues with this team. There's some good. You know, Hunter Dickens is an All-American. If Kevin gets healthy, he's an All-American type player. You know, they, you know, a guy like Nick Timberlake is slowly starting to figure out feels like on the offensive end. But right now, where I'm at with this team is, you know, it's going to come down to matchups. But I, I think they're a, a team that loses, you know, Sweet 16, round of 32 type team. Yeah, I, I do too. And maybe they can get the right kind of matchups. I don't know. I mean, it, it's, I don't know what the more troubling part is. The fact that they have been just ineffective on on the road this year. The fact that the, the lack of depth almost certainly will hurt them when they get to a situation like the tournament. And I guess it's both of those things because, A, you got to play them on the road, and, B, you have to play them on short rest. I think if you gave this KU team like five days between every game they played, they'd be really, really hard to beat. But that's not yeah, what they're going to have, right? I, I, it's just I, not realistic. No, I, I agree. The one thing I will disagree with is I think the depth thing becomes less of a concern come tournament time because, you know, we've seen it with Self and every other you know coach in the country is they, the short rotations come tournament time, right? Because you have longer half times, long, a little bit longer in between games. After the first and second game, they have a little bit of a break. You know, there isn't quite as uh, much, uh, you know, turnover. I mean, you don't have a ton of, uh, you know, Saturday to Monday games as much after you get past, you know, the first two rounds, then you have a little bit of a break, you know. So I think the depth thing isn't quite as big of a concern then. But, I mean, like you said, like they just have too many other issues that I'm wondering if they're going to figure it out. The fact that they can't win a game on the road, it feels like, on the conference play is concerning because NCAA tournament time, where are they playing? Neutral ground, you know. And, and Kansas fans travel well, and I'm sure they'll – you know, they'll be in Omaha, so it'll be one of those things where there'll be a good amount of KU fans and stuff like that. But what about this team has told me that they can win six straight? Not much. Not at this point of the season. Not at where everything's at. And, you know, I, I think it's just going to be one of those things that Bill Self figures it out. It's going to be an all-time, you know, Bill Self coaching uh, year for him. So, look. 
I, I here's a here's a homework part because this is this is right up your alley, Trius, and I'll I'll give you this one, and you can um, write about it if you want to. I I have looked at this, and when I think about the depth of this team being an issue, I think the same thing. I'm like, man, you know what? Bill Self always runs it short, but then I go back and look. I just go back to their last two national championships, right in 2018 mm-hmm. and in 2022, and it was not this short. Right in yeah. in in 2018, um, you had Mitch Lightfoot and Marcus Garrett, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, at least at about 15 to 20 minutes a game. In 22, uh, you had Lightfoot at a bunch of minutes. Remy Martin was coming off the bench to some degree. He was a you know maybe he wasn't a six man, but they basically they had seven guys playing significant minutes in both of those seasons that. And and I haven't, you know, the, the the season I haven't looked at, and I'm pretty sure they did this season too. I think it was DeSosa the year that you know they they got canceled because of COVID. I'm pretty sure that was a seven man bench too. They it's not like it is now, which is five, right? I know that they have run teams like this into the tournament, but those teams haven't been the teams that go and win a national championship. If we go back and look at the last three most successful KU teams for Bill Self, they have had a little bit of depth. And this one doesn't, yeah. and I just it worries me. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think so too. I mean, look, I think I've become a little more positive on Nick Timberlake in the last couple of games. It seems like he's slowly starting to figure out on the offensive end, even if he's still kind of not great defensively. So I think that's a positive. You know, you have a guy that maybe could figure it out and really be a guy that you can count off off the bench, which they haven't really had. Um, I. I think about this team and my, my concern with this team always goes back to two things is they don't shoot enough three pointers at a high enough rate and they don't defend the three. Well, so if you're bad at those two things or struggle with those two things, consistency wise, how are you going to win a lot of college basketball games? This is not the NBA. So you can get away with it against bad teams where you get out, you know, shot from three, like, you know, West Virginia game was still close, even though West Virginia shot 14 threes and made 14 threes. Sorry. Um, because of the fact that KU was so dominant inside. But I think it, it, it just comes back to those two things. And I look at those things, and I say, no matter how good or bad the depth is, I think that's going to be their own you know, unbecoming, unfalling thing in the tournament, in the Big 12 play. Um, and we've seen it, and I'm probably going to write about it today, because you know, this, the rate that they're shooting threes as a team is the lowest in the Bill Self era by over 180 like ranking spots. Like that's nuts to me. That's nuts. Yeah, that you're not that's gonna nuts. Basketball game if you can't heave up the three ball. I mean, like I'm just numbers guy, but like at the end of the day, if you're making three three pointers and the other team is making ten, it's really hard to catch up and win games. Um, unless you're unless you're the best defensive team in the country, right? Which I thought this team would be. When I looked at when I looked at Kansas before the season, it wasn't as much about like the offensive capabilities. I mean, I was excited about that, but it was about adding Hunter Dickinson to McCuller, Adams, and Harris, who are three All American caliber defenders. That that's for me what I thought this team was going to would be its bread and butter that it would flat be the best defensive team in the country. I don't think they're that. And I, I do think really that's their only salvation is that they just become like we, and we've seen teams like that make runs in the tournament in the Mm -hmm. past where you just can't score on them. 
Like I, I that's the one thing if I'm trying to find something that, that could click and make them very, very dangerous, I think it would be that that they just become this defensive powerhouse. But again, in order to do that, it feels like you have to expend a lot of energy and then we go right back to lack of depth, right? It's hard to be the best defensive team in the country when you when you have all your starters playing all the minutes because you gotta you gotta, you know, play just as hard on one end as you do the other. Yeah, no, I, I think we're getting to the point where Kansas needs to really honestly give up on the Big 12 race, get healthy, rest these guys, and really just focus on tournament time. I mean, I, I, I think I'm at that point because, you know, they have That's five losses. Last year's team had five losses, and they won the league. We are a month away from this season ending, you know, regular season ending, and they have five losses. You really, I, I honestly look at this team, and I'm wondering how many more games – they're going to win if Kevin McCullough is out. I think they'll win the home games because it's just really hard to beat Kansas at home. But, you know, earnestly speaking, this team should just aim for a top four seed in the tournament and let the cards play out the way they did play out. Because, you know, expanding energy, playing these starters big minutes, guys like Hunter Dickinson where you can clearly see the knee thing is still bothering him. I don't remember the last time he's dunked a basketball, like honestly speaking. And, you know, Guys are, you know, playing a heavy load. It's putting a lot of stress on them, and it doesn't do anything. They still lost by 29 against Tech. Why were they in for so long if they're not going to, you know, like there's no point in playing these guys when you're down 29 against well, Texas Tech on the road, you know? I, I you know, I, I agree, but I also don't want to question what Self no, is I, trying I to accomplish no. No, as no, a that's co- fair. because. He could he could be trying he could very well be trying to like work through things because in the reason I would say I would never question it is because I do think that over the course of seasons consistently he's absolutely the best coach in the country at getting teams absolutely. to be their best at the end and so I don't well, know that but I do think it's an interesting point I I, I don't disagree with letting McCullough sit until he's healthy and maybe giving, if Dwan Harris really is hobbled, just giving him total nights off. I, I mean, I don't think that's a terrible idea. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Phil alluded to it, I think, on Hawk Talk, where the team just needs to get healthy and, and he's hoping the color can play some spot minutes. I, you know, I think it's important that they end on a – obviously you want to go into Big 12 tournament and NCAA tournament with a positive trend and not a bunch of losses, but you don't want that to happen either. But – you know, I, like you said, Self is the best of the country at getting this team ready. But I, I think he knows, and his Kansas fan base, whether they want to eat or not, is the reality of the situation is the best chance for them to make a run to win six straight might just be getting the guys healthy and losing a couple of games if you have to in conference time. At this point, it just seems like you basically have to win out to win the conference. You're one in five on the road. The only win that you have on the road in conference play is against a really bad Oklahoma State team. And, you know, I, it, this is, uh, you know, I, I think I look at this team and I, I watch them play and I'm just like, it just kind of boggles my mind a little bit that this team was supposed to be like this incredible one seed that was going to be so good and this and that. And obviously things have happened that were out of their control, the Arterio Morris stuff, the El Marco not quite being ready, Nick Timberlake not transitioning and stuff like that. You know, and we knew the depth was going to be slight concern coming into the year. But it's just, like, they don't look like a top five team. They don't look like a top eight team. No, they don't no, even no, look no. Like a, You know, and I, 
And I'm wondering, you know, are they going to figure it out come March? And I, I'm not going to bet against Bill Self, so I think they probably will make a decent run in March just because that's what happens with yeah. Bill Self and his team. But, I, and, and again, they have they have the roster to be one of the best defensive teams exactly. in the country. That could be enough. Like, that's your light at the end of the time. But they can't do that unless they're healthy. 100%. And when they've locked in, they've looked really good defensively. It's just it hasn't been consistently there. And like you said, it takes a lot of energy to play good defensive basketball. And with the depth, it's a concern. And, I mean, you know, I I think it's interesting, Self's comments where, you know, they were talking about Furphy and – uh, Nick scoring, like, I think it was like 13 each leading the team. They're like, yeah, it's great that they're scoring, but, you know, we don't really take stock of that. I think he knows, you know, like that these guys, even though they're scoring, it's a great thing, but you can't have KJ Adams, Hunter Dickinson, Dewan Harris combined for five or 30 from the floor, five yeah, or 30. That's, that's I don't think I've seen that trio combined for a worse percentage. That's 16%, basically. Yeah. Uh, it was a bad game. I mean, it's okay that it was a bad game. It was a road oh, game I, on a Monday after a Saturday. We, I mean, the, the Big 12, this has happened. Like, those aren't the things that, like, I'm willing to just wash my hands of that game. I don't really care. McCuller's not there. It's fine. That game's going to not mean much. It's just, it highlights a consistent trend we've seen. Trius Lotta, University of Kansas football and basketball beat writer for the KC Star. So, Sharice, you brought up Morris. I Look, I don't want to make excuses for them on the lack of depth because they lost Arterio Morris because it's kind of their fault for bringing Arterio Morris in anyway with his checkered past. So mm-hmm. I don't really like that excuse because I think it was a no, gamble I- that blew up in their face anyway. Yeah, But I, if, I, they, I, if, they had, if they had him, they wouldn't have this problem. So... What now is there? I guess first and foremost, what is the health situation of Kevin McCuller and and I suppose Dewan Harris? Well, I think Dewan is one of those things that's kind of day to day, but I, I don't anticipate him missing games. I and mean, I guess we'll find out uh, more on his health tomorrow, probably at availability. I think Kevin, they're just being cautious about, very cautious. Um, I know it's been uh, one of those things that I've heard has been a little bit contentious behind the scenes because it's like, you know, obviously they want him to play and he wants to play, but it's also like it's not just right now what is happening with Kansas basketball at stake. Kevin McCullough is a projected lottery pick in this draft, a number 16 pick in the last, you know, just out of the lottery in the last ESPN mock draft. And I've gotten texts from, you know, friends in the industry who work in the, the scouting realm, and they're like, is Kevin okay? Is his knee okay? You know, like that is a concern. That is something that they're looking at. You know, I'm sure NBA teams are paying attention to. I'm sure that's something on his mind, too. You know, it's not just about Kansas men's basketball. It's also about Kevin McCullough and his future. I'm sure that's why he wants to make sure he gets to 100% before he goes out there. Because when he rested before the Houston game, he was really good against Houston. But in the previous five games, and the game, I think, after that, or the game, uh, the previous five games before that, or whatever, he was, like, shooting 30% from the field. That's not the Kevin McCullough that we know, you know. He's not that efficient. He's not, you know, like, he's so much better than that. He set a high standard for himself. So it's a weird and tough position to be in because Kansas desperately needs him out there. But they can't rush him, I think, uh, in the sense of, you know, letting him play with a bone bruise. Cause it clearly seems like it's affected him. I think they're just trying to make the most of a, a tough situation. Um, and... You know, I mean, Bill had talked about it. He's hoping Kevin will play some spot minutes. If you can get 10 to 15 minutes from him on Saturday, I think that's a positive sign. And then you have an entire week, basically, between that game and the Texas game at home. So, you know, if you wanted to rest Kevin on Saturday, I think you could get away with it because I don't think Oklahoma is beating them with or without Kevin at home. Um, But 
I think, you know, letting him rest till next Saturday when they play, not this Saturday, but the next Saturday when they play Texas could be the move just because that's basically essentially almost two weeks of rest at that point. And that's probably as good as you're going to get, uh, you know, for yeah. something like that uh, at, at this point in the season. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good stretch of time. I, I really do think that's interesting to see if they just put those two on ice for a minute. But in order mm-hmm. to do that, you would have to concede the Big 12. And in theory, you're very much in the Big 12 mix because the top team, at least, you have the game in hand on. Um, I don't know if they're going to be willing to do that yet. That would be – it would be interesting. Like, And I wonder at that point, do you have conversations with the players themselves and say, guys, like we gotta we got to set some priorities here. We always want to win the Big 12, but even more than that, we want to make you know a deep tournament run. I don't know. That That's an interesting dynamic because they're not out of it. I mean, they're just not, but that's only on paper. In reality, I think most of us feel like they probably are out of it, but you know as well as I do, Shreyas, these top teams are going to lose road games in the Big 12, so maybe they're not no, out of right. it. I, I, it's, no, it's, a hard, it's a hard bargain. <laughs> no, you're 100% right, and I mean, I mean, the reality situation is what if Iowa State and Houston at the two the, the top, I mean, Baylor's right ahead of them, Texas Tech, ahead of them, so those four teams. But, you know, you win one more game and you're right there. You know, you're uh, eight and five or whatever. You know, you win a couple more games, you're right there. I mean, like, the big thing for Kansas is you can't really drop any games. I think you can maybe drop one more game, but you need to beat Houston uh, at Houston. You need to beat Baylor at Baylor. Like, those two games, you have, those are must wins if they want to win the conference. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. It's, I mean, we've seen it happen. Bill Self does magical things on the basketball court. I think if anyone can do it, a Bill Self can do it. You know, a Bill Self coach team can do it. But right now, with where they're at, I mean, I expected them to lose the Texas Tech game, and I didn't expect it to be that way. But I, and I think Bill was a little shell-shocked by it, too. I mean, he got ejected for the first time ever in, you know, Kansas, in his Kansas coaching tenure. He hasn't been ejected since 1999. I was one years old back then. So um, <laughs> it's been a minute, you know? So it, it's like, it's been a weird season. I think it's taken a toll on all these guys, and it's been tough because, you know, there's been some really high ups beating UConn, beating uh, some of these other teams, and there's been some really low lows. So I think it's just about finding level, finding water, and, you know, playing the brand of Kansas basketball that's defensive-oriented, uh, built around the veterans, uh, and hoping that you can put that best foot forward as they continue to go into conference play and as they get closer and closer to March Madness. Yeah, I if one make makes makes feel old, Tree is to say things like one year old in nineteen ninety nine. it's not that's not fair, man. Uh getting old sucks. It's coming for you. It is coming I mean, I for you. It. I, I turned twenty six a couple weeks ago. I was like, Oh my god, you know, I'm starting to feel you know, the existential crisis about turning 26. My brother, he's uh, 17 by turn 18. He was like, you're pushing 30. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, that doesn't that doesn't hit then. Turning 30 means nothing. I don't, I don't think it did. What happened to me was at about 27, so you still got time. Like, yeah. hangovers intensified a thousandfold. Like, it, it, you know, I've always said it's God's way of reining us in from being idiots. It was about yeah. 27 when reality struck and it was like, nope, that I can't I can't do that anymore. Now, I haven't fully learned my lesson yet. It just happens far less often. Um, but, yeah. you know, that's that's coming for you. And then you turn 30 and no, no I mean, nothing changed. Right. It's just like whatever. Um, KU goes to Oklahoma on Saturday, three o'clock. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma's good. Oklahoma's probably underrated, I would say. 
is that a yeah. winnable game? I don't know what the line's going to be considering the health. Like, I, I on a scale of one to ten, how confident would you be that KU could get that win? Uh, six or seven. I think they'll beat Oklahoma. It's uh, a long week. Think, it's a long week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they'll beat Oklahoma. I think they should. I mean, I think they. it's rare for Kansas to lose two or three straight games under self is what I've noticed since I've come on the beat. Um, you know, I lost. I think last year they lost three in a row, but that was a weird circumstance. Um, I think they'll be fired up, ready to go. They'll have some rest. Maybe they'll get some Kevin McCuller minutes. Jamar McDowell will be back. Maybe he plays some minutes. You know, I think if there's any positive to come out of the last two games is Nick Timberlake looks like he's not as shell-shocked as he once was. You know, I think that is such a big thing for this team because if you can get eight points a game off Nick Timberlake from the bench or something like that, oh, that's golden. That's fantastic. I'm not worried about his points. Can he come in and play defense and not turn the ball over? That's, that's what that's I'm worried a, that's, about. That's a big one. But I'm hoping if he's coming off the bench, he won't have the opportunity to turn the ball over as much. You know, <laughs> uh, he tried. He tried three times in the Baylor game to give it away. I mean, it was yeah. Like, I, and I again, I mean, I intend no offense to Nick Timberlake at all when I say that stuff. But when like that, the end of that Baylor, I was like, he cannot be out there. Like I, I don't know. He just and maybe that maybe that's fixable. That's up to Bill Self. I don't know, but. Right now, you look at it, and, and it just it's it's unfortunate for him and for everybody else that when he comes in, everybody's butt puckers a little bit, and it's like, oh god, like what what what's going to happen here? Like he's got to just get through that part of it. I think as much as anything else, I believe he can score. I mean, I think that's why they brought him in there. It's can he do the other stuff? No, a hundred percent. I think you're a hundred percent right in that in that sentiment where you know if he can't score and he struggles with the other stuff then he's a liability on the floor and even if he can score he can still be a liability on the floor because if you're giving up like you know the turnover the defensive error the stuff he did in the last 30 seconds was just complete disaster class after playing a pretty good game especially by his uh standards and, and you know how much he struggled in conference play you know like bill i've never seen bill like that somebody asked him you know what do you thought about nick timberlake's performance and he was like well i thought uh I thought, you know, we won the game. That's about that, you know? And I was like, that is an incredible response or non-answer to what he yeah. thought about Timberlake's performance. And I think Timberlake felt it too because post-game I saw him, he wasn't particularly, like, enthusiastic after a good game by his standards, uh, after a really tough stretch of games for him. Um, and obviously it seems like he built off that a little bit and played well. One of the few people to play well against Texas Tech. Yeah, I I hope. I mean, that would obviously be the that would be the thing that unlocks it. I I hope for it. I just I haven't seen anything that, if I'm being honest, makes me think it's going to happen. Trius, we really appreciate it. What do you have going for us at the KC Star? Yeah, I'll probably have a, a story uh, this week sometime, uh, probably today or tomorrow. Uh, just looking at you know Kansas's three point rate uh, compared to years of the past and compared to the last couple of uh, NCAA tournaments. Uh, champions and see, you know, what the standard is for the last 10 years and compare it to where Kansas stands and if they can make a run uh, to at least a, uh, you know, maybe Final Four or something like that. Um, and then I'll probably have typical game coverage um, and uh, working on a bigger feature story, hoping maybe this week, next week, we can get that done. Uh, just need to get the player interviewed. Excited for that. But uh, that's pretty much it. 
You can follow Shreyas on social media at SHRE98. Go look at that minutes played on his best team, Shreyas. See if I'm right about that, because I think I am. I think they've been a little deeper historically on his best teams. Uh, but we'll we'll have a review of it next week. We'll see if they can get one on the road finally. They'll have a lot of rest to do it. And uh, Now I'm going to be watching for your concept of maybe conceding on the Big 12 to try to get healthy for the NCAA tournament. I'm gonna, that's going to be a fast. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Fascinating thing. Shreese, we appreciate it, and we'll talk again next week. Thanks for having me. There goes Shreyas Lada. All the good stuff there at the KC Star. You can follow him again on uh, on X at SHRE98 uh, and go find that work. Love and appreciate the hard work from all the beat writers out there who cover these teams for us. I appreciate Shreyas for being our KU Insider. We'll come back after this. We'll have more Sports Daily. Don't go away. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. Glad to be here with you. Uh, Tommy back with us. We appreciate Shreyas Lotta for jumping in. If you missed anything with Shreyas, you can go in uh, and listen to that on the Odyssey app. That and a million other things that you can find, uh, including the New Heights podcast, which we told you about. It dropped. There's a lot of good stuff in there. I've been kind of you know taking it in as they put out their little clips. I haven't listened to it yet, but it's funny. Obviously, a lot to talk about on the New Heights podcast, including Jason Kelsey and his luchador mask, which, again, I'm pretty sure he's my spirit animal. Uh, I feel like we're the same person. He's just large and on a bigger stage, but he acts exactly the way I act and, you know, get shamed by my wife and and do things like wear luchador masks and all these things. It's fun. I I love it. He's becoming one of my favorites. But you can catch it on the Odyssey app. Uh, Let's give away, as we welcome Tommy back in, Jad, let's give away some HTO now. We'll give away a free iced tea and a free brew house coffee. Iced tea for you at either Wichita location or Derby. Brewhouse Coffee in East Wichita or Derby. It is Valentine's Day. There's a promotion going on. Buy one, get one on tea that you can get your hands on as well. 869-1240. Jad will get us a winner. Tommy, Shri has brought something interesting up with uh, KU in the last segment that I hadn't thought about yet. At what point is it advantageous for the Jayhawks to... Just put McCullough on ice for a minute. Maybe even Dewan Harris concede the Big 12 race and be as healthy as you can be going into the postseason. My only issue with that is that who's going to play in replace of them? I mean, they don't they don't well, have a bench. We that's, we kind of saw that on yeah. you know against Texas Tech and Lubbock. I mean, that's that's what I mean. You're conceding at that point, certainly. Um, with McCullough, it might be the best thing to do, no matter what. I, I don't know. I the, the problem is they're still very much in the race. I mean, they've, the teams ahead of them, what's, what are the likelihoods that any of those teams play their remaining road schedule without losses based on what we've seen in the Big 12 thus far this year? So it, it would be a concession because KU's still very much in it as much as it doesn't feel like they're in it. 
right? Mathematically, they very much are in it. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm on board with giving up the entire Big 12 race and putting them on ice long term, but I do think that you can set McCuller, you can set McDowell, you can probably set Dewan Harris for the game in Norman this weekend, taking on the 25th-ranked OU Sooners. Because once that game is done, then the Jayhawks are off for an entire week. They don't play next week during the week at all, and then they're back at home against Texas on the 24th. So that would give you know an even longer period of time for rest and recovery for McCuller and McDowell and Harris, who are dealing with injuries right now. Yeah, it's it's going to be tough. It will be uh, the job. It, it will be Bill Self's best job if he can get it done. I mean, there's no question to me about that. I, I think that it's just so unreal how much is stacked against them seemingly that they can get it done. I contended with Shreyas that it's going to have to be because they become what we thought they could be which is the best defense in the country. I still think that's on the table. That gets really hard when you don't have a bench, right? Because you have to expend so much energy on both ends of the court. But I do think the best version this team, they're not all of a sudden going to become a good three-point shooting team. It's not going to happen. What can they become? I do still think with that starting five that they can become the best defensive team in the country by tournament time. And that's about the only path I could see for them to make a run. A deep run. We're talking like Final Four type run. Yeah, they. I mean, I think that they have, you know, absolutely gotten themselves beat up over this last stretch of games. Not just physically, but uh, even emotionally and, and mentally. A lot of quick turnarounds from yep. Saturday games to Monday games. You don't have to deal with that for the rest of the regular season. Then you get into Big Twelve conference play, uh, the tournament, and then you get into March Madness. So I think that as long as they're at a point next month where at least they're starting five is healthy. You've got McCuller back feeling good. You've got Harris back feeling good. At that point, yeah, I'm not willing to move away from my thought that they could be a dangerous team in the tournament. Um, you know, clearly the conference season is a grind. We all know that. And they're in the dog days of it right now, dealing with injuries, dealing with, you know, pretty lopsided losses, things like that. But again, I, I'm with you with the overall thought process of get these guys healthy for March so then they can make a run because I do think they're built for that in the tournament. Yeah, well, the good, good enough defense, Tommy, can be good enough, right? Don't you think? Like, good enough defense can make the run. That's, that's where I have a hard time. So they they are capable of doing that thing and that thing being good enough for a championship. But I don't know if they can get there because of the bench issue that plagues them. But I do think that being the best defensive team in the country is good enough to win a championship. You know, it, it will be, it makes it a little more matchup dependent and things like that. I'm trying to just find this light at the end of the tunnel because I want to find it. And that's the only one I can think of that seems within reason that could happen before we get to March. Because, A, it almost always happens with Bill Self teams. And, B, the talent on the floor that is there, that you know, the, the, the depth isn't, but the talent that is there, you've got Kevin McCuller. All-American type defender. You've got Dewan Harris, All-American type defender. I think they've won that already. Uh, K.J. Adams certainly can be. I think Hunter Dickinson can be 
if put into the system the correct way. And then it really becomes, can Furphy do that? I think Furphy's fine. I don't think he's going to be a liability out there. So when four of your five, or even if it's three of your five players, are that level of defender, I don't, it's not a stretch to imagine that could become the best defensive team in the country. It's not a stretch to me. It's can they, you know, can when Nick Timberlake comes on the floor, that doesn't all come crashing down because he turns the ball over and can't play defense. When a freshman comes in, can they pick up the slack defensively when they have to come into the game? That's the part that seems less likely, I think. And I and I just, it's going to be difficult based on what we've seen so far. It'd be one thing too, I think, Tommy, if we saw like optimism for these other guys. Obviously, we see that with Furphy, right? We've seen the optimism with Furphy. That's why he's in the starting lineup now. I'm not sure we do see it with the other, we'll call it four, really probably just three guys that have the potential to play meaningful minutes for this team. I think the answer is no with the younger guys as far as getting them well, up to speed defensively. And, I mean, and, and look, if it's going to be Parker Brown, yeah, that's a stretch. That's yeah. not what he was brought on this team to do. Yep. I mean, even Johnny Furphy, who you know we know has established himself as a key part of this team, you're giving yeah. up some defense when he's out on the court. Yeah, he's not a lockdown no defender, and you know I think that that's going to be part of his game that will need to grow and improve if he wants to be able to take that next step to the NBA. I'm sure that teams, though, they are salivating over what he can do offensively, you know, and they think that they can they can bring him along on the defensive side of the court. But, you know, you, you see that from game to game with Furphy, that he's going to give you usually some good minutes. He's going to be able to be an offensive threat or at least somebody that opposing teams are going to have to account for on the floor. But you're going to be giving up a little bit defensively you know, when he's out there, I think that's a trade-off right now that Bill Self is willing to do. But yeah, those other guys, and, and I, I mentioned the younger guys. Nick Timberlake's not a young guy. I mean, he's a transfer. Um, you're giving up, obviously, quite a bit with him on the defensive end of the court. Uh, and the freshmen, the same way. So I know that that's a challenge, but I'm sure that a big part of it is also, what other option do they have? You know, like unless, unless you've they got don't have an option, they, they really don't. It has to be know. internal. Obviously, and, and, those guys right. are going to have to be it. And, and especially with McCuller and Harris, not at 100 percent, you don't have another option other than to put players out on the court that, you know, you're probably going to be giving up some defensive plays because you just don't have really any other option. <sighs> we'll see. They got a big, big opportunity here against uh Big opportunity coming up against Oklahoma. I just got this a little distracted because I see coming down the line here uh, that Steve Spagnolo is getting a contract extension. Good. Lock As him if up. If there was any yeah. question whether he would still be there, of course he will because there's not any head coaching jobs opening and what's he going to leave? No. But that does make you, you – know, we, we talked about this in the first hour. It's interesting. Roster-wise, they really didn't do much. I mean, they added Drew Tranquil and Charles Minahue, who were both great, don't get me wrong, but it's not like they they spent the resources on the defense this most recent offseason that they had in years past. They they drafted Felix Anyadike Uzama, but he didn't give them much yet. I I think that's as important probably as anything the Chiefs could do for the defense next year, which again is almost certainly not going to be as good. It's just hard to do. That's as good a thing as they can start off with, is making sure Spags is there. I mean... You know, the, the it, it's funny too. Like the momentum and in, in Spags we trust, and all the all the things there for that team. 
that stuff fades a little bit year to year, right? And weird things happen. Like think about, and not every player is the same, but think about like Tyron Matthew and how quickly things turned for him at the end of his Chiefs time. But you don't want anybody else out there. You and I bantered about lightly the other day. Um, is he the best defensive coordinator in football? And I think that's a little bit of a trick question. He was definitely the best last year. I think all time he's in the conversation for best, like, big game, one game, game plan type coordinator. Absolutely. I think there are others in the conversation, but that's the kind of guy they bring back. That's a big and good start to that defense being great again next year. I love that. I love that move. You know, and, and I think that that answers the question about, you know, what's the most important thing to Spagnola? Is it getting another head coaching opportunity or is it staying with this dynasty and being the best defensive coordinator so. in the history of football? I don't think he's going to get one. I don't I don't think he fits the profile of what teams tend to be looking for these days. I mean, he's as old as Andy Reid is. I, it just doesn't seem like there's a tremendous appetite for that. Bill Belichick just went through a cycle and didn't get hired, you know, and he may be the greatest defensive mind we've ever seen. I, I just, it's hard for me to imagine Steve Spagnola as a head coach again, which is perfectly okay. And when you're loving, unless it was with the Chiefs, right? Unless it was Andy Reid stepping away and they say, you know what, Spags, can you bridge the gap for us here? I don't know, but I doubt it. I'm glad to see it, though, uh, that he's back. I, I, I suppose I never really thought much about it. I just assumed he would be back, but... He's back. Parade starts in about 18 minutes, everybody. Uh, congratulations to Tommy for winning our HDO giveaway. Not this Tommy. Not that I know of. Uh, it says Tommy just got back from Vegas. Hope you had a heck of a time out there. Uh, we had a Paul win yesterday that was not Paul Savage and a Tommy win today that is not Tommy Castor. Uh, interesting quirks there. Thanks, Jad, for getting that taken care of. We're going to come back. More Sports Daily right after this. Welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH, taking in some uh, early sights of the parade. I sent this to you, Tommy. Did you catch the champ stamp? Um, I did, yeah, that's I did still, see that. That's still my, my leader in the clubhouse. Uh, what would it take, Tommy, for you to get a comical tattoo of any kind? Uh... I, w- I mean, it w- I wouldn't do it. I, I don't know. I don't think that there is an amount that I would. Really? Yeah. And I only do that. I have a tattoo, uh, and oh. I I don't really need to have another one. Can I guess what it is? Sure. Um, barbed wire on your arm. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a tribal uh, symbol on my back. No, I'm kidding. It's not that either. Uh, no, it's, um, it's not barbed a, wire. A champ stamp. I don't have a champ stamp. I don't have a tramp stamp either, if you're wondering. Uh, well, I wasn't sure if we could say tramp, so now that cat's oh. out of the bag. Well. Um, maybe we can. Can we say Jad that, Jad? Will already, we Jad get... will have already muted us yeah. if we can't. Um, that's not one of the, the words. I don't think. No, huh? You're okay, a good. heart. A heart on the back of your calf. Uh, no, I don't have that either. Who? Uh, a hip tattoo. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm I, out of guesses. <laughs> I've always wanted uh, a neck tattoo. You know, like. Yeah, but I figured that would uh, that would take my job prospects. You know, it's a bold, it's a bold spot. I think I would take an arm sleeve. Like if I could ever think it of anything I thought was cool enough, I think I think tattoos are pretty cool. I just don't ever yeah. think I could think of anything I wanted that badly. I've got a microphone actually, uh, ah, and it's on my arm, uh, and I I don't know. I've had it for ten plus years. Um, yeah, yeah. 
I love tats. I love tats. I think they're super cool. I, if you can pull them off, I just don't like, I don't, A, I don't know if I can pull them off and B, I just have never had that thing where I'm like, oh, yep, I'm going to put that on my body permanently. Um, my buddy that was just in town this past weekend, uh, we uh, is world famous. And one of my favorite things to do is show this off as often as I can in public. We were much younger and much stupider. Uh, we convinced him his, he, he has the same name as me, but we've nicknamed him Chili's. He worked at Chili's forever. So because we had the same name and he was sort of later to the part, we were just like, oh, you're Chili's. And so he still to this day is Chili's. Um, we convinced at uh, after uh, uh, a night of indulgement at the end of the night, we made him sign a bar napkin that he would get the Chili's logo tattooed on his butt, which he did he the did. next morning. Oh, my God. Absolutely. And one of my favorite things in the world to do is to show that off as often as I can in public because people don't believe me. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And then, you, of course, you get an excuse and. You know, uh, that it would be something like that for me. Like, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Like a, a tattoo on my butt cheek. Like, who cares? Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if you look at me, I'm sure that the first thing that you think of is, oh, I'm sure that guy right. has a tattoo. You know, he's yeah, he's got some ink. Yeah. yeah. No, um, I, I, I love tattoos. I think they're cool. I, I don't know. I mean, the champ stamp is a bold move uh, if you haven't seen it there on social media. But, you know, to each his own. Who cares? Like, do your thing, man. I don't It doesn't bother me at all. Uh, Jad, you inked up at all? Nope. None. Yeah. Are you opposed or you just like me don't can't really think of anything you'd like to have done? Yeah, couldn't really couldn't really think of the one thing that I would want permanently there. So just never That's have my problem with it, too. I I, th- I, I do think they're kind of cool, but I just I can't I, I just can't ever come up with one. I've even tried to, like, really think about it. Right. Like, what would I do? But I can't think of anything. I, I just I don't have anything. Um, any suggestions? I'll take them. You can leave those on our comments on our video stream. Uh, you can find that on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch uh, as well. You can also find this podcast on the Odyssey app. Real quick, before we hit our final break, I need to tell you about this again. Uh, KFH and Taco Bell have your chance to win a trip for two to the College Hoops Championship Tournament in Kansas City, March 13th through the 16th, to cheer on the Kansas schools there or whatever school you root for. The trip includes two all-session tournament passes and three-night hotel accommodations. Uh, to enter, simply text TBBIG to the number 20357. Want a complimentary breakfast burrito? Just go to kfhradio.com, click on the events page, download that voucher, then head to any Wichita or surrounding Taco Bell location, excluding Hutchinson. Your chance to see the College Hoops Championship Tournament and snag a complimentary breakfast burrito from Taco Bell happens right here on KFH. We'll be back. We'll tell you what's on the network tonight next. Next. 